Hello, welcome to the Dentist Profit Playbook. I'm your host, Dr. Harry Singh. Um, I'm going to feel old in this episode. We've got some young bloods in the room talking about dentistry. So I'd love to give a big introduction to Tilly and Yuanda. Hello, good evening. Hello. Hello. So if you just want to introduce yourself, what you've been doing in dentistry, when you qualified, and yeah, just tell me a little bit about yourself, guys. Um, so hi guys, my name is Tilly. I graduated in 2020. So just kind of as COVID hit, we did our finals over Zoom and on the phone, which was crazy, uh, crazy times. And that was at Bristol that I graduated. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I've been working in mixed practice and private practice since then. Um, just kind of doing a bit of a bit of everything. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Tilly. Yuanda? So, my name's Yuanda. Um, so, it's pretty similar to Tilly, actually. I qualified in 2020, class of COVID. So, we didn't actually get a proper ending. It just kind of came to an end. And yeah. that was dental school. <laughs> um, but since then, I've done my foundation training in Kent. So I worked in a fully NHS practice. It was very high needs, got very stuck in. And now um, I'm working in a mixed practice still in Kent um, yeah. near Dartford. I, every time I say Dartford, a lot of people know from the Dartford Tunnel. So around that area. <laughs> yeah, because I'm quite close because my wife's from Chatham. Gravesend so ah. I can send all my family all my in-laws to you now yeah I didn't even know that okay yeah <laughs> but so, yeah so that's well, where I'm working and yeah I've been enjoying it so far okay thank you and um, did you guys always want to be dentists um, do you have family members that are dentists so nope. For me, yeah, no, literally first one in the family. I think it was a bit like, <laughs> where's that come from? Um, yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I think that's actually a really big stress for a lot of people kind of year 10, year 11. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even now, my sister's at uni and she's like, to be honest, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I just want to be talking to people and helping people. So I thought naturally medicine. Okay. Um, did some work experience and just... I don't know I just felt like it wasn't for me um and then I was getting stressed because I was thinking oh gosh well that was kind of my only option and then one of my friend's dad was a dentist and <laughs> he was the coolest guy <laughs> he um had like long hair would go surfing in Hawaii was... like, had a VW camper van um, nice <laughs> like this guy <laughs> so cool. and he's a dentist and if I want a life like that <laughs> I need to go Wait, where's your him. camper van then <laughs> Yeah, I haven't got that yet. <laughs> Give me a few years. <laughs> um, and yeah, so just went and did some work experience with him. Um, and loved it. He got me like mixing the algae and I thought, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and this just is what I want to do for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ended up ended up going down the route and haven't looked back so far. So yeah. And Yuanda, any family members, dentists? No, not at all. So I'm like the first person in my family to be a dentist um it was something that I just same as Tilly I didn't really know what I wanted to do literally just went on Google and I was just like oh good jobs <laughs> <laughs> and then it obviously came up with like doctor dentist all the you know all those jobs 
and kind of in like a Nigerian family they kind of want you to go down the whole if it's not medicine you need to be a lawyer or if you're not a lawyer you need to be accountant or if you're not accountant you need to be an engineer so you're kind of like boxed in yeah same with the Indian um, family yeah you got yeah pretty much gathered like we're kind of similar in that aspect but I, I didn't want to be forced into doing something for my parents and I feel like dentistry wasn't one of the ones the mainstream ones it was kind of like be a doctor dentist was just like mm, okay um so I just researched and I looked into it and I was like, oh this is pretty cool because I, I knew I couldn't be a doctor because of the way I am I don't yeah. like people I don't want people dying in my chair yeah. I don't want to give them like <laughs> death sadness you know someone telling me your patients you know got this cancer I know that can happen in dentistry but it's not an everyday sort of event I'm a bit too emotional for, for that. So I was like, you know what, let's park medicine. Let's focus on dentistry. So I got some work experience. And from the work experience, that's when it really just dawned on me, okay, I can see myself doing this. It's quite a chatty job. Like you need to be good at communicating with patients. And I thought, you know what, I can talk for England. So this I is for me. Because <laughs> both of you can talk for England and Nigeria <laughs> put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was like, this, this, this is good. I can do this. Um, and yeah, just had to obviously get the grades. I didn't get in first time. That's a whole nother story yeah. in itself. That taught me a lot of lessons about, you know, determination and not giving up. I was almost not even going to do dentistry because I didn't get in first time. But luckily, I applied again, and the rest is history. Perfect. Thank you for that. So you touched on a point. So let's say we've got some listeners doing A-levels, they're not too sure, and they're interested in dentistry. What steps would you recommend? I know you did work experience. So would you say approach your local dentist, get some work experience? Yeah, definitely. So um, obviously, first thing is work experience. A lot of dentists might not give you work experience initially. I remember I wrote to about 10 minimum different practices, yeah. sent loads of emails, didn't get any replies. I actually went to go knock on their doors. Hi, can you take me? And it wasn't until I actually, there was one dentist, this was like an hour and a half away from my house. So I actually oh. traveled far and wide. And then finally someone said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll give you a chance. So yeah. I'd say, don't just, if you hear a no, don't take that as a, as a, you know, as final, you have to actually go out and really, really search. Cause it's, it's difficult. Um, to get work experience and if you if you can't get in-person work experience there's lots of like online um like discover dentistry i know there's lots of modules i actually help students with their applications okay. so they always tell me with all the things that they've been up to so there's a lot of free resources online youtube videos virtual work experience so there's actually a lot out there perfect tilly anything you want to add yeah, I would say the same. I think all dental schools like you to have work experience, but they also all appreciate that it is tricky. And yeah. I think, especially during COVID, obviously, I don't think work experience was happening. <laughs> no um, work was happening. <laughs> yeah, no work was happening. Um, but um, like you one day, I, I helped some students, and a lot of them were saying they were getting fantastic kind of online virtual work experience. Yeah. Um, which is quite interesting. And they said they got a good kind of flavour of what it's like. I think definitely, like you one day said, just put loads and loads of feelers out there. The worst that can happen is that they say no. Um, 
and also try and get a little bit of variety. Dentistry is so varied. There's so much going on. Um, I think when I did it, I did a few, like a week with my dentist kind of doing general dentistry and you get an idea of that. But also try and get into the hospital or go and see a lab, go and do a day with a lab. I'm sure they'd love to have you and kind of show you what they got up to. Um, and I found that fascinating. Um, I went to a, a lab and they did max fax kind of prostheses as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was one of the best bits, I think, seeing how they make like a an eyeball and the, the zygoma that had been lost due to cancer and it's so lifelike. So yeah, I'd say go and get a flavour of everything if you've well, not everything, but as much as you can. Um, good idea with the lab i might the students could get their setups on dentures send it to their lab they're good friends yeah. uh, pass with a's yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i remember my dentist with the work experience i kept in touch with a university and every summer we had to, i don't know if they do it now we had to collect extracted teeth and because i had that relationship oh. we just saved all this extracted teeth and every year at dental school i'd go back get the extracted teeth and factors at dental school yeah oh, that's, nice. that's such a good idea we they asked us at dental school to do that as well try and get some extracted teeth um because they're so good to practice on so yeah. a bit of a weird one isn't it <laughs> on the train up to Leeds with a jar full of teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, one of the gripes a lot of older dentists say about younger dentists they come out of dental school they want to do the sexy dentistry like the teeth whitening the private <laughs> facial aesthetics. Obviously, they can do facial aesthetics. That's a good part to do. Um, what's your views on that? And have you taken that step or have you gone more for the general dentistry, the bread and butter? I mean, I feel like everyone has to start somewhere. And I I wouldn't, I for one, wouldn't feel confident going straight from dental school, jumping into that kind of, you yeah. know, high-end stuff. So obviously we do foundation year to do the bread and butter dentistry. And, and, you know, there are some people that don't actually do foundation year. They go straight to private. Yeah. I personally wouldn't do that because I feel it's really important to just get the basics. And there's so much, there's so much in dentistry to learn. And you, you don't learn if you don't have like a starting point. Yeah. And you learn a lot from your friends as well. So definitely, definitely foundation is. And even after foundation is, now I'm, I'm still doing like general dentistry. And I'm only just like dibbling and dabbling into the whole Invisalign, the composite bonding. I mean, I, I, I personally, I always been interested in that kind of stuff. Not just because it's like, as you say, sexy dentistry. <laughs> I just, I just quite liked it. Um, <laughs> and, and I know it gets a lot of like stigma, but I try... At a point, I tried to convince myself that, oh, don't do that stuff because everybody's going to start saying, oh, you're only doing that because it's this. But yeah, of course, you know yourself better than anybody else. And everyone has their different thing that they like. And if that's what you like, go and do it. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say jump straight into it because it's people are paying a lot of money and you need to, to learn and you need to have good mentors around you. So the cases that I do, if it's something that I feel is something that I haven't really done before or a bit far out of my reach, I would speak to someone that's done it before and really make sure that I have the knowledge, the confidence. I've been on courses. I've just completed a aesthetic and restorative diploma. So there's a lot to do before you actually go down that route. It's not just a case of come out of dental school. I'm ready to go with the, you know, eight veneers, composite bonding. Let's go. 
No, it's quite scary, as you said, because in private dentistry, you don't need to have a VT foundation dentist number. You could go straight into private work without doing that foundation. Yeah. And yourself, Tilly, yeah. in your pathway? No, I think a lot of it, I would agree with you. I do feel like it's the kind of area that a lot of people want to jump straight into. And I think a lot of that is due to social media. Um, yeah. Because naturally, that's the, the stuff that's out there on social media you see it on instagram a lot more and i think the issue one of the issues is is that instagram dentistry has only really in the last kind of five years or so maybe a little bit longer really taken off so at dental school and looking at all these kind of amazing dentists who i don't know 10 15 20 years into their careers they start posting all this work but because they didn't have instagram when they were at our stage we didn't get to see what they were like at our stage you just exactly. see how they are now 10 15 years down the line doing these amazing beautiful kind of makeovers and think oh well that's what that's what i need to be that's achieving yeah, yeah 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 like i need to do that kind of work tomorrow yeah you see that and you're like yeah. oh now, if <laughs> i look so at my work back 20 years ago oh my god how did i get away with putting that stuff in the mouth yeah <laughs> and then i think the issue is is then because that's like the, the level that is then compared to you then, I don't know about you, Wendy, but because I've started posting so recently on Instagram, but you <laughs> feel like nervous to post anything that's slightly substandard mm. because you feel like it's yeah. got to be this level of like amazing. Um, and that's actually one of the factors that kind of put me off posting a little yeah. bit. Um, and they're only going to post their best cases. No one's going to post yeah. their failures. And also, yeah, that's a. I was speaking to Shaz from DJMAC. He goes, people are scared to put because there's always going to be a bunch of haters that are going to criticize, criticize everything. Yeah. yeah. I think the way I saw it, I was posting my cases from the moment I graduated because I thought at that time that was my best. And I feel like I made it very clear, like, this is the stage I'm at. I've just qualified. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't really trying to, like, get patience and stuff like this. It was like my diary. Um, it's like, like journaling. Like journaling, you can see how far you've progressed year yeah. on year. Exactly. So I think it's easier when you kind of make it clear, this is my journey, I'm on a learning path. Whereas if you're kind of posting as I've made it, you know, I need to post 10 out of 10, then that's when you're going to feel the pressure. But I think because I've done it as like a journey, I can look back and be like, oh, wow. Sometimes I look at some of my other Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, should I archive that? That's that yeah. like, oh. <laughs> That's where people learn the most. And then the other side of it, I know a good dentist friend, he employed associate because he loved the composites he was doing on Instagram. And then after two months, he fired him because he was taking two hours for MO composite and making him no money. So there's the other side to it as well. It looks really good, but... Are you going yeah. to start business if you're spending that long and patients not going to spend £2,000 on one filling? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And I think I think Instagram isn't the platform to get positive, like, good, constructive criticism on your work because you don't, because patients can see what you post or yeah. potentially patients you obviously don't want to post anything that you don't want them to see and then dentists generally 
all kind of just hype each other up when they play. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. great. Well done. <laughs> yeah. uh, which, which most of it is, but it's quite hard to find that other ground. I guess you kind of, that's when you use mentors and other colleagues yeah. and stuff. They actually look at this. Can you, can you help me? Where can I improve? Um, but there isn't really kind of a social platform for that unless it's like what's that <laughs> yeah what's that <laughs> that's where all the you see all the failures yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's similar with facial aesthetics people are posting pictures of needles in people's faces they come from their angle but not the patient angle the patient doesn't want to see a needle or that really yeah. close up of teeth like which dentists love to post they, yeah. they want the whole face the smile the eyes of the patient etc <laughs> it's so true I showed my I showed my mom after I'd done this it it was like uh your mom makeover post but it was retracted photos uh, yeah. and I showed her the after I was like look look what I've done today and she literally was like oh and yeah. I was like no because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're so yeah. used to seeing those pictures we think yeah everyone wants to see the same yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's so true <laughs> yeah. are you guys um good dental patients do you have any dental phobias yourself or do you visit the dentist regularly yourself? <laughs> Probably not as much. I think if you ask any dentist this, we will just burst that laugh. I know, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> asking you, what TPs do you use or something? And then 99% of dentists go, what? What's a TP? Yeah, pardon. <laughs> so, to be honest, we, we, we do our checkups with each other. I see my hygienist. Like, yeah. We've got really good hygienists. I'll give her a shout out, Christina. She does my check. She does my hygiene. Um, check up, you know, I take my bite wings every now and again. <laughs> what about you, Tilly? Yeah, it's the same. It's um, You can go so long because you're in that environment. You yeah, can yeah, you, yeah, time flies. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, actually, I probably am due with, we were talking earlier, the amount of sugar in the staff room. Yeah. I'm probably due to have some bite wings, just make sure everything's okay. But um, but yeah, I don't actually, I I do, I see my dentist, my childhood dentist yeah. still, um, but probably not as regularly as I should. Yeah, perfect. Um, off tangent, what's the weirdest present you've been re received from a patient? <sighs> I think mine was, it. I haven't had anything that weird. Um, I think they know I've got a sweet tooth and <laughs> most things go down the line of chocolate. Um, but I had, yeah, uh, a lovely patient. I treated her daughter and the next day she brought me in this full um, kind of, Indian cooking delicacy <laughs> and she fit literally fed the whole practice for lunch that day it was unreal oh. <laughs> well, all the Indian dentists listening will want to treat that daughter now to get yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think oh. they've wasted on me <laughs> mine's, mine's actually quite similar but mine was like because I'm from Nigeria I had like this lovely Nigerian lady and I don't I finished all her treatment and I just I think in passing conversation I just told her oh yeah I really love like jollof rice but yeah. then the next next final appointment she brings in like literally a cooler of like food she brings chicken literally oh. <laughs> like the whole shebang like it was like dinner for the practice and I was like oh thanks so that was cute um the rest is just like normal like I had a it's not really weird but I'd only seen her as a little, it's a little kid. She's like five years old, and she brought me like a drawing of me and her oh. in the dental chair, just saying like thank you. I was like, oh, that's sweet. 
What about you, Harry? Have you had anything? Yeah, like what about you, Harry? Yeah, it was, it's going back, as I said, the Nigerian Indian family, they want their kids to be doctors, dentists, pharmacists. If they can't be that, they want to marry into that. So I was treating this Indian mother. At the end of the treatment, she took a picture of, out of her purse and go, this is my daughter. Do you want to marry her? <laughs> oh, was, my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 oh, I showed her wow. my wedding ring and go, no, I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> 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 so they can be a dentist, they want to marry a dentist. They yeah. gifted a wife. Wow, that is impressive. That, that, <laughs> wow. Man. So obviously you guys are quite early on in your career. Where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> Go on, Tilly. Oh, <laughs> you first. Um, definitely still in dentistry. Yeah. Um, I... At the moment, I'm loving general restorative and I see myself heading down more kind of full mouth rehab route. I feel like toothwear is becoming such a massive thing um, and I'm seeing so many patients with it. And I, f- I, I really enjoy that kind of treatment planning, problem solving side of dentistry. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know about owning a practice in 10 years um I personally don't have a massive desire at the moment I'm I'm loving kind of actually being a wet finger dentist and and treating them day to day um so yeah who knows but definitely working hard <laughs> teaching as well I know you, both you enjoy teaching mentoring. yeah I think a bit of varied a bit of varied week is is really nice um so yeah possibly a bit of teaching um I feel like there's so many amazing courses now. You can you can do a course in everything. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll have to see. Okay, we'll come back in ten years' time. Do another yeah. podcast. <laughs> Watch this space. Yeah, Amanda, right. ten years' time. Ten years' time. That's a long time. So <laughs> I'll be almost forty. I'll be thirty-seven. Ten years. I feel like similar. I feel like I'm definitely enjoying being an associate. Um, I have thought about, oh, do I want to own a practice? But I feel like it's not for me right now. Doesn't mean in the future it might not be. But I feel like if I was to do that, I'd have to like team up with someone because I've heard the stresses of being a practice owner and it doesn't sound fun. I like my evenings. I like to like go out with my friends. <laughs> I like to have a life. <laughs> so um, if, if, if that's the case, I'd have to definitely team up with someone. But I definitely see myself just, you know, carrying on doing, I mean, I'm actually really enjoying like the whole cosmetic dentistry side of things. Um, I've been doing more Invisalign, um, general just cases, restorative. I love onlays and just, yeah, I, love, I, I generally love different, th- everything in dentistry. I love endo. So I'm still kind of like narrowing down my definite niche. But yeah. I'm just kind of getting my, my fingers stuck in there. Well, that sounds. I'm getting experience in, ev- in everything. And in right. terms of te- teaching, um, definitely see myself like maybe doing like lecturing. I've done a bit of lecturing for students already, um, doing some uh, working with different companies. I already work with like. Colgate maybe being in a dental advert so stuff like that with working with the public and you know that kind of thing side of things it's funny you mentioned endo because I gave up dentistry 2012 and the only thing I missed is endo I used to love 
and uh, most dentists don't like it. But if you've got the time, the equipment, rubber dam, it was the best. Yeah, it can be, I don't know why everyone hates it. It's quite relaxing, you know. Yeah. You can't <laughs> talk to you and stuff. And just get on with your stuff. It's like yeah. just doing like a deep clean. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got controversial question. before. Wait, we... wait, Harry, I can't skip you. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years time. Um, I was so... I love what I do. I don't need to work, which is in a privileged position, but I love, I work almost seven days a week. But I don't feel it. I don't see it's hard work. So I do a couple of days aesthetics, um, treating patients because I like talk, like you communicating, talking to patients, having a laugh and then teaching a couple of days a week. But I love working on the business side and I love mm. personal development, reading about business, marketing. So I'll probably say spend half my time. I probably wouldn't probably do much clinical work in 10 years time but more the teaching but also going on more conferences especially like Miami Vegas Australia they sound quite good to me and yeah. I, just, I just love learning and learning about business marketing innovation yeah. so I, I would Sounds never I did, I did retire for six months back in god I'm gonna feel we go 2007 retired for six months but I got bored because all my friends I said let's go to Paris for lunch I go no I got work so the only people that weren't working is the one that watched Jeremy Carr. So I, I didn't have anything to spend the day with. So it's quite boring. You think it's good fun, but you get bored after a while. So I go, okay, yeah. go back into working. But no, I would never retire, but just more, yeah, personal development, yeah. education, and a bit of teaching. Yeah, you seem like a hard worker. For someone that doesn't need to work, and you yeah. still work seven days a week, that's... That's some dedication. Yeah, it's because so, I enjoy it. it. You don't. I wake up every day. I know it's a bit cliche. I wake up every day and just go, yeah, let's start, let's do it. But some, as a dentist, some days I wasn't like that, so that's why I changed. But if you, that's what I say to my kids. I don't care. I don't care what you do as long as you're passionate about it and work hard. You'll enjoy it. I think I saw one of your posts. You got your kids to read like one of those seven habits of highly effective yeah, yeah, yeah. I kids. Yeah. So what I get them to do is they read. They have to read one book a week. And on Sunday evening, they have to present it for half an hour. Because as you know, communication presentation is really good. And so it improves their communication. Because it's not the most intelligent person that's most successful. It's the one that can network with people, get on with different yeah. types of people. So they read, they learn. But then because they've got to present it, they read it properly. And their speaking skills, like they do so much debating at school. And that's where they get it from. Wow. I think you need to add parenting course to your list of yeah. business. But that's definitely, not, definitely not husbandy if you speak to my yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, oh, nice. can I ask you a question about um, facial aesthetics? Because yeah. myself, I don't do any facial aesthetics. Yeah. Um, but I was just wondering, obviously, kind of the developments with dentistry and the way it's going, and we're doing a lot more kind of minimally invasive dentistry and digital dentistry. I was yeah. just wondering, in your opinion, where is facial aesthetics heading? Is there, is it going to kind of stay how it is? Are there any new trends coming in? What's, what's yeah. the future? Not really good question. So, yeah, because obviously we used to be like line chasers, um, um, looking good, but now it's all about feeling good. So we're looking at the whole body, gut bacteria, how that affects aging, hormonal imbalance. Um, so, and that's the way we're taking our clinic. We're going to get CQC registered, get a GP, take your bloods, look at your hormones. Menopause is a big thing as well. So we can look after the outside, but what's happening on the inside? Um, so yeah, hormonal replacement, um, gut bacteria, 
basically like health optimization because I'm I was 50 just last December and I'm interested in myself because I want to live as long as possible. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at what is the hacks, life hacks to being the best physical performance, but also mentally. And also mm-hmm. we know with body dysmorphic disorder, mental health, that's a big issue, especially with facial aesthetic patients. How can we help them? It's not all about looking good. That's not going to solve your problems. It's about feeling good as well. So yeah, it's just looking basically from the inside out now. I was seeing the more of like a full body approach. Yeah, yeah. Coming for a full MOT, get your bloods checked, yeah. get your gut bacteria, yeah. get your nutrients up. And then obviously that affects your skin, your physical well-being, your mental health as well. And then maybe a few toxin jabs here and there. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've actually got a question as well on facial aesthetics, because it's something that I'm not doing at the moment, but I've said in the future. Because I'm kind of like, I like to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. But facial aesthetics is there. Like, I'm like, mm, okay, maybe in the future. At what point do you think it's best to get started from leaving dental school? Do you think it's, like, better to get started straight away? Or is it something that you can pick up a bit later? Yeah, I would say there's no right answer. Because, obviously, if you go back, business is about solving problems. And is there yeah. demand? So when you – so there's a scary factor, 80% of dentists – that do a face aesthetics course don't continue after one year because they haven't got that demand or don't know how to market. So I would say, yeah, do your general bed and butter restorative dentistry. And then where you're once you know where you're going to be working or more stable, is there mm-hmm. demand? Ask your patients, would you be interested if we started off in face aesthetics? Because obviously, yeah, the courses are not cheap and you don't and dentists are known as being course junkies, going on one <laughs> course, another course and not implementing. And I also say, well, I'll take line, six months smile. We are because we always want to learn and better ourselves. So if there's a demand for facial aesthetics, you know it's going to work. And if you're a social hygienist, you're going to need the support of the principal. So we had one dentist really keen associate on facial aesthetics, and his reception team were anti-Botox. They go, no, that's a poison, don't have it. And I say it's no use you coming on the course because your reception team are going to turn away all the patients. So either you get <laughs> them or you um, don't do it. So if you've got the support, the clinic, you know it's a big demand, then whether it's in year one, two, or year 10, that's the best way to do it. And then you know you've got a demand of patients waiting for your services. Yeah, I think the implementation, you and I are both such coarse junkies and we're such a bad influence on each other. That's why we get on so yeah. well, silly. No, I was going to say every single course you name, you could go to a course every weekend if you really wanted to. Yeah, oh, there's so many out there. Um, but you're so right, kind of having, having whatever you do the course on, having a patient lined up, yeah. ready to go, you just implement it straight away. It makes such a difference. I would say yeah. anyone going on any course, that's like the best bit of advice. Yeah. Um, and I think Invisalign, they make you, when you go on the Invisalign course, get you paid to have five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what you want, yeah. You should have that for every course, really. Yeah. Because yeah. I think for facial justice as well, your course, do you see you have to have like five patients ready lined up? Yeah, yeah, we say 10 patients, block of a day within two weeks of doing the course, because you're going to, to get nurses, um, family members that want their services, get 10 yeah. patients, five Botox, five fillers. By the end of that day, your your momentum and the confidence will be sky high. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, so wrapping up, um, young dentists, younger than you guys, don't know how young they could be. So one tip 
what would you give one tip for dentists just about to qualify this summer? What would be one tip you would give them? I think my biggest tip is always just stay in your lane. Everyone is doing their own thing. Don't compare yourself yeah. to other people. And it's such a generic one, but I think it's always so important, especially in dentistry. And we've spoken about social media, where it can be so easy to just look at everyone and be like, oh, this person's doing this. Shall I do this? But people will people will, will try. There's a lot of ego in dentistry. I've seen as well. People try and make themselves out to look like, <laughs> oh, yes, I'm so amazing. I'm doing this and that. And try and make you feel so bad, like you should be doing that as well. But you know yourself better than anybody else. So don't feel pressure to like, you know, and some people be like, oh, I'm making this much. Uh, but you, uh, it's not it's not about that. You need no. to get good at the dentistry and then the money will come and just, you know, focus on your craft, focus on learning. And yeah, don't compare yourself to others. That's that's the main advice. And if you want to post on social media and you think your case is not 10 out of 10, still post it I told Tilly that as well and she posted and her case happens to be really really good but it's not always going to be that way but <laughs> just get like because that's the only way you're going to like I'm not saying that's the only way you're going to be confident but it's so nice to just feel like oh I, I'm proud of my work and because you're posting it you're going to criticize yourself that much more and it actually works out for the patient as well because you know if you're going to be critical it's obviously for their benefit and it's just you know so it works both ways Perfect. Excellent advice. And Tilly? Yeah, that is, um, I mean, I'd echo everything that Yuande said. Um, I think the only other thing is, going back to what we were speaking about earlier, when there's a lot of pressure, I think, on dentists kind of graduating at the moment to go straight in and doing all these kind of big and amazing cases and having their dentistry being 10 out of 10. Yeah. I would say some of the best advice that I got was working on my communication um, because at uni, you don't see loads of patients and you I personally found that I tended to see one um, quite a select group of type of patient um going into kind of VT and then our jobs now oh my goodness like the spectrum of people that you meet it's one of the best things of the job but learning how to talk to them all because they don't all like being chatty like I'm like being chatty <laughs> And I think going, I've been on a few courses, read some books, listened to some some things. But I think, honestly, people tell you, like, communication is so important. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I know <laughs> how to talk. But really, really understanding different people and how to talk to them. It's not the same as talking to a friend. As yeah. a as, like, you're providing them care and you've got to make them understand what you're explaining. Oh, I yeah. think get do something towards improving your communication because without good communication all these amazing courses doing makeovers or like facial aesthetics or whatever no one's going to go for it if you can't communicate with them in the first yeah. place. so I would say that's a really really good place to start yeah and that's what I made one of the biggest things I did I did a lot of NLP training different learning styles different communication styles and also there was a report by the GMC said the doctors that got the fewest complaints were the best communicators because patients know something is not going to go wrong. It's how you communicate mm. that. And the ones that got sued the least were the good communicators. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. so important. I remember something I was talking to, to Milad um, and he was giving some advice and he said, dentistry is a people science. 
you yeah. have to understand people everybody a lot of people think it's just about the biology and all that stuff but the patients they don't care what the percentage filler particle in the composite <laughs> is <laughs> they couldn't care less no. they care about how you treat them how you make them feel so I always I always remember that and you know you just got to try your best really yeah like I remember dental school the nerds they knew their science they knew the biology and no, not say they're not successful, but the more successful ones were like me that were not the nerds and stuff that were. Wait, <laughs> okay, it's time flies when you enjoy yourself, and also when you can't get a word in sideways with you two. We wait for everyone to sleep listening to us. Uh, yeah. uh, that's actually it's quite refreshing to get young dentists that are really passionate early in their career because obviously some of the old jaded dentists are quite they can, it goes back to work experience choose your dentist carefully because if they're, they're not interested in dentistry you're going to be put off but someone's motivated passionate about dentistry you're going to love it there yeah, so thank you guys for your time i know you're both very busy if people want to get in touch with you um obviously we'll put your social media links in the podcast but what's the best way of people finding out more or following you um, so for me, my new dental Instagram is <laughs> Dr. <laughs> underscore Tilly, T-I-L-L-Y. But yeah, I'll put it underneath. Yeah, yeah. We'll, um, we'll get that on the podcast. And Yuanda? Um, Dr. Yuande Dental. I see. The Nigerian community would be proud of that doctor on that Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I remember my, it just used to be Yuande Dental. Yeah. And then my mum was like, no, you need to use a doctor there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first qualified, I went to the local bank and I opened a new account and said, Dr. Harry Singh, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, what kind of doctor are you? I've got a pain on my elbows. <laughs> <laughs> and they look on their face and go, oh. <laughs> I remember when I graduated, I ordered a parcel off ASOS and I put the delivery dress as Dr. Tilly. And I was like, just the pleasure of seeing that arrive. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tilly. And that's been really refreshing, really good. I made lots of notes. Um, but no, thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Harry, for having us. No thank problem. you so much.